In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. I hear the drums are going tonight, but she is only whispering. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host Jack. Jack, how are you? I'm good. I'm really excited for this. Um, it's another one of these draft shows. I've loved them. We've had some wicked guests on so far, and we just keep the whole thing rolling. Jack, I need to know, is Tito Africa at the start of this song, at the start of this podcast? Well, we, we couldn't have him on without dropping some Toto, so uh, we're going to drop it on there, but we might go a little bit cheeky and have the Weezer cover this time. Oh, oh, interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys? Good, good. So, Jack, you can introduce your big guest, mate. You found him, so you have the honour. So, we've got him back on again. We've got Mark Schofield, who um, does loads of draft work with quarterbacks, one of the, the top minds out there, um, hosts the Locked On Patriot show, um, does a fantastic job there, involved with Inside the Pylon, literally writes for every single outlet out there, other than your local newspaper in the UK. But if they had an NFL column, you'd probably be involved in that too. How are you, Mark? Jack, Paul, always great to be back with you. And look, if there is an NFL, uh, UK outlet out there that's looking for an NFL writer, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm happy to contribute any way I can. I mean, but it, it's great to be with you guys. And I'm excited because we don't have to talk about a first-round quarterback in the sense that Cleveland needs to get one because you guys found one. And he's out there right now dunking on Tony Grossi on Twitter because we're recording this on Monday. And, you know, I think you guys found your boy in Baker Mayfield. But what's great about that is you guys can go in a different direction in the first round. And so we can talk about some quarterbacks that might drop a fantastic player into your lap at this 17th pick. So I'm excited to break down some guys with you, maybe talk some, you know, later round guys too, a potential backup if Tyrod Taylor decides to pursue free agency. So, Excited about that and excited to be with you, gentlemen. Yeah, and so I wanted to make a really important announcement because it's obviously a big game going on next week um, with the Super Bowl coming up. And with Mark coming on, I thought this was the time just to drop the bomb because Paul is going to ask me throughout. So these guys will see the reveal, but uh, I'll announce it while we're going. I'm back in the Patriots. Number 12, let's go. Tom Brady, go get another ring, boy. Wow. Bring it home. Wow, that's a bit of a stunner. Uh, Jack, can you just push stop recording, please? And <laughs> room. <laughs> Under. Uh, no, one, no one comes on the podcast in a Patriots jersey. With a Baker Mayfield t-shirt underneath. I do what I want, uh, mate. It's unacceptable. Hey, Brady's the GOAT and uh, he is GOAT-worthy. So, uh, Jack, we, Patriots Nation is pleased to welcome you to adopt you in as one of our own for the next couple of weeks we understand that once this game is over you are back into brown's land but we, we are pleased and honored to welcome you so it's, thank you it's been really depressing over the last few years of like you need a regular season team supporting the browns but then you have to find a different postseason team so uh, that will change this year next year yeah. going into next season browns will be my team through the regular season and through the postseason so this one last time Go out and have your fun, Tom, because your dynasty ends after this season. And that's nothing to do with Bill or Tom. That's to do with Baker and Kitchens. 
I, I respect the I respect the take. I respect the take. I, I, I would if I were in your shoes, that's right where I would be. But no, to quarterbacks with uh, why we got Mark on the show, other than just the big reveal and just the start of the podcast. I was literally filming just the top part of my head, and they were both sitting there, probably working out why I couldn't work a uh, webcam. But um, Brownton draft, even though we're not taking a quarterback. We're not used to this. There's 16 people going to be picking before us. And that is, it's weird. It's going to be stressful sitting there all night, sweating it out and just seeing what's going to happen. Is there any quarterbacks out there that are going to go in the top 16? Well, you know, there are three that I think probably will, although I might not be a guy that would put all three of these guys into, say, the top 15 of the draft. There's a fourth wild card, which we'll get to, but what's interesting about sort of this draft season is that you do have some teams that are going to want to address quarterback. You've got the Giants at six, Jacksonville at seven, Denver at 10, Miami at 13, and Washington at 15. Those are four teams right there in that top 15 ahead of Cleveland that might want to address quarterback. And that's without, you know, getting into some wild cards, like say, you know, might, you might want to throw Oakland into that mix, Cincinnati. Those are some teams that, you know, every year there's a team that kind of makes a surprise decision to address the quarterback decision position. You know, two years ago we saw it with Kansas City going up to get Patrick Mahomes. Not a lot of people thought that Kansas City was going to make a move like that, but they did, and it certainly paid off. And so you see teams maybe do it a year early. So, you know, a, a team like Cincinnati might be in the mix there. First guy I'll start with is an Ohio guy, Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. Most people look at him as probably quarterback one in this group. You know, talented pocket passer. He's not the athletic type. He's more statuesque in the pocket. You know, makes throws with accuracy to all levels of the field. I like the way that at times he can sort of climb the pocket, you know, work towards the line of scrimmage. You know, he tends to maybe see the accuracy dip a little bit when he's pressured. I'd like to see him handle pressure a bit more, but certainly raw but talented. You know, had a fantastic finish to his season that game against Michigan. I think people will look to, you know, when he's drafted, you will see a lot of plays from that game on his highlight tab. I think he's probably the first quarterback off the board. Then it gets a little bit interesting. You know, the next two guys I'm going to see down at Mobile during the Senior Bowl. You know, Drew Locke from Missouri. A lot of people looked at him when this season started. He's your top quarterback. I have some hesitancy with him, and I use that word for a reason. When you watch him, particularly this season, you see his games against Kentucky, his games you know, against Georgia, against Alabama. There were times when he was very hesitant. There were times when he was slow to make decisions. He looks like a quarterback that really needs to see it come open. He's a quarterback we've got numbers of years of tape on. You know, When you look back at him two seasons ago, it was a very sort of Baylor-esque offense, a lot of smoke routes, hitch routes, you know, comeback routes and go routes, you know. He's done some more stuff between the numbers and into the middle of the field, but not a ton. You can run an NFL offense that way, but you need to have some more variety to it. So I'm interested to see him this week in Mobile, you know, if he does some more stuff working over the middle of the field. You know, he's a guy that a lot of people are talking about, maybe Denver at 10. Um, I think he'll probably go in that top 16. I don't know if I'd grade him that high, though. Then there's Daniel Jones, a kid from Duke University, interesting quarterback. You know, he's coached by David Cutliffe, who has that sort of Peyton Manning, Eli Manning lineage there. He's a quarterback that I think if you run a pure West Coast passing base offense, he's the ideal quarterback for it. He's very good in those West Coast offensive schemes, very good processing speed and decision-making on those types of throws. When he throws those hitch routes, those slant routes, 
you know, the, those quick routes. He's very good with his ball placement there. When you get outside of the West Coast realm, it's a bit more of a mixed bag. So I think he's a more scheme, narrow type quarterback right now. Maybe we see him expand that a little bit down in Mobile. But for right now, I think if you're a West Coast team, he's a good fit. He might be QB1 for you. But if you're a non-West Coast team, like say a Bruce Arians, who's a vertical downfield guy, you're going to have Locke high on your board. Jones will be a little bit farther down. The wild card in this mix is Murray. The kid from Oklahoma, Heisman Trophy winner, obviously has the baseball background. He's got that in his back pocket, but now he wants to test the football waters. Incredibly athletic quarterback. He can make throws off of any platform. He's got that baseball background, so you get that sort of Mahomes vibe to him where you know he's like a second baseman at times turning the double play. You know He had a throw in their playoff game. You know, climb in the pocket downfield where his feet weren't even on the ground, and he just flicks it about 55 yards deep for a touchdown. He can do those sort of special things. His athleticism is unparalleled. He's an incredibly quick athlete. I think from a play style, he fits where the NFL is trending. However, he's 5'9 and 7 eighths inches tall. He's about 188, even though he's purely muscular. We saw that on the video with him working out with Antonio Brown. He's pretty yoked up for a kid that size. If you're an NFL GM and you draft a sub-10 foot, 5 foot, 10-inch quarterback early in the first round or even in the first round, it better pan out. Otherwise, you're getting fired and you can't pay the mortgage and your kids can't afford private school anymore. It's a decision that if it goes wrong, it will cost somebody their job. And so while he's talented enough to pull the trigger on it, NFL GMs tend to be a bit more risk averse. And so he might not go as early as people think guys like Benjamin Albright have been saying, they've been talking to people around the league. The vibe is that he's not going to go as high as people think. I still think he comes off the board in the first round, but it might be more the Lamar Jackson spot where it's a team that sort of trades back in or takes a flyer on the end of the first round, because if he does pan out, then you get that fifth year option. on him. But those guys, those four are the things, the guys I think that could come off the board before the, the Browns are on the clock. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, I've got a question for you. Um, uh, with this, this baseball thing with uh, uh, Murray, how is that going to work? And some of our listeners aren't so deep to the draft uh, knowledge. So can you just give us like a 10-second overview of how that works with the baseball? Yeah, it, it's an interesting you know, question, Paul, because it, it's an – Area where if you draft him, you've got to either get him onto your active roster or get him on to, you know, your practice squad some way, or, you know, he's going to have a chance to find himself, you know, into the, the major league baseball because, you know, he's going to have to either find his way onto a roster or if he doesn't, he's got that baseball deal waiting for him with the Oakland A's. And what's interesting about Murray is if you're an NFL team that drafts him, if you don't draft him, say, early enough, it might get into a situation where his money is better suited for him playing for the A's. And so you've got to balance that risk, you know, as an NFL organization. Are we going to draft him early enough where, you know, it makes it a financial reason for him to come play with us or not? You know, and so that's the question. You know, he was picked, you know, with the ninth selection. So he's got a $4.66 million contract waiting for him. You know, but if you look at, say, some of the other draft slots in the National Football League, whereas Lamar Jackson, you know, he was drafted with the last pick, and I think he still got like a $14 million deal. And so, you know, the math might still favor baseball. But then it gets us back to the question of, 
does a GM draft him at that point? You know, some NFL executives are projecting him as more a second or a third round pick. And if that's where he ends up, the decision is pretty easy for him. Yeah, just um, Benjamin Albright, who we've had on a couple of times, has been really pushing the line that he's heard of um, Drew Locke. If you're a Denver fan, prepare for that because he reckons that's going to happen. And the other one, there's a GM out there that Lamar Jackson went 32. That's going to have the 32nd pick. There's no threat to his job. You never know. Bill Belichick zigs when everyone zags. If he sat there at 32, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I forget who it was. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah or his Dave Brugler, one of those two guys. I always confuse them. One of those two guys did a mock that had, you know, Kyler Murray going off the board to either 31 or 32 to New England. You know, and that's one of those decisions that it would make a ton of sense because when you look how New England is built to win going forward, this is a running team. You know, during that game against the Chiefs last night, it was, you know, uh, Doug Farrar, who does work for uh, Touchdown Wire over at USA Today, said, you know, he put out a tweet that was like, you know, NFL, quote, this is a passing the close quote. Bill Belichick, quote, hold my beer. You know, because now they're just running the ball on everybody. We saw that against the Chiefs, even though they threw at the end of that game. And so the Patriots right now are built where you've got Isaiah Wynn, who they drafted in the first round, who was injured. You've got Sony Michelle. This is built to be a 21 personnel run team. You could draft Kyler Murray and envision an offense built around athleticism, running the football and doing some things with Kyler Murray. So I think he finds his way into the first round and it makes that decision pretty easy for him. It just, like you said, Jack, takes one GM like you said, he's probably a little bit solidified in his role. Bill Belichick is there as long as he wants to be, especially if he wins another Super Bowl. And so he's the type of guy that might say, look, you know, I see where the league is trending. We're going to trend in the opposite direction. We're going to draft a Kyler Murray. So flipping on to day three quarterbacks, which is where the Browns might add a quarterback. As we spoke about yesterday, there's different sort of building your roster techniques that you might add one. Who's sort of them day three names, particularly sort of the fifth, sixth, seventh round, where it's quite early, but names to keep an eye on? Yeah, you know, there are a couple that I would keep an eye on. You know, there are two that I'm going to list here at the top. But for me, I think they're more day two guys. But from what I've heard and what we've seen, sort of the NFL think about them, they're probably more in that day three category. First is Gardner Minshew. The kid from Washington State, whom I love. You know, when I go through my quarterback studying process, it begins each summer, you know, where I watch three to four games on about 40 quarterbacks. I think I ended up watching 42 quarterbacks last year. Gardner Minshew was somebody I hadn't seen because he hadn't really played until this year. And so finally getting the chance to study his tape from Washington State, he's an absolute joy to watch. And, yes, he's going to get tagged with that sort of air raid system quarterback, played from Mike Leach. You know, Mike Leach quarterbacks don't have a ton of success in the National Football League. But here's the thing. You look at what the Browns are going to be doing on offense, what they've been doing on offense – there's a scheme fit here that works. When you see Gardner Minshew sort of manipulate a pocket, work through his reads, go left, middle, right, middle, left, move the feet in sync with his eyes and his mind, he's an NFL quarterback doing NFL things, giving you the whole quote-unquote full field progression stuff that we don't see a lot of these quarterbacks making. He's a quarterback that will challenge the middle of the field between the hash marks, between the numbers, with anticipation throws, whereas guys like Drew Locke, they're a little skittish when it comes to throwing over the middle. So he's a guy that I like. I think he's a day two guy. I think he's one of the better quarterbacks that are going to be down in Mobile. But if he slides into that, say, round three, round four, round five territory, he would be a great quarterback to get a hand on. He's a scheme fit guy I think would fit in Cleveland. A guy that I love, 
that isn't even going to be in Mobile is Brett Rippon from Boise State. For whatever reason, the NFL does not seem to like this kid. But if you talk to me, if you talk to a lot of sort of people in the draft community, a lot of people are saying he might be one of the better quarterbacks in this class. If you go by the old school Parcells rules where you've got to have so many starts, you've got to be a senior, a graduate, win so many games, he checks all of those boxes. Now, obviously, it's harder these days, given how many quarterbacks leave early, to fit those rules. But I love what he does from a mental standpoint. His tape is littered of decisions. I did a video on it over on YouTube for Inside the Pylon where in a game that he was bad in, you know, he sees the blitz coming, adjusts the protection, slides the protection. Still, the offensive line doesn't pick it up. He gets drilled but makes a throw in a deep out route to move the chains on a third down. His film was littered with throws like that. He had a very good week down in Mobile for the senior bowl. I think he's somebody that would be on the board. You know, I think he's a day two guy, but I think you probably end up, given how the NFL seems to view him, given some of the guys that got into the senior bowl instead of him, as more of a day three guy. And so he might be a guy to, you know, pick on, you know, in that sort of day three category. The scheme fit might not be as perfect as, say, with Minshew, but I think he's a good NFL quarterback. A guy that had a bad week down in Mobile, I mean, down at the Senior Bowl, excuse me, is Easton Stick. You know, everybody, you know, every report I got was, look, he's not it. You know, he had a very bad week. But that overlooks what he did on tape. And there's some stuff that he did at North Dakota State that I think is going to get him drafted. I think he's become sort of a solid day three guy at this point. But he's a name to keep in mind. And one last one I'll throw out there. I think that of all the quarterbacks out of Mobile, he has the longest path to an NFL career. But if you're going to take, say, a round six, round seven flyer on a quarterback, Trace McSorley from Penn State. I think there's sort of a long path to the NFL for him. There are times when I just sort of question the execution from him, but you see him running some NFL concepts and he's one of those kids that, you know, people have doubted him. People don't believe in him. You know, people don't think he's an NFL type quarterback, myself included, but he's been a legend on that Penn state campus. And I will tell you this guys, when I was at the big 10 media days, two summers ago, I talked to Paul, Tom Allen, the Indiana head coach, you know, he was a defensive coordinator for them that had a very good defensive game plan against Saquon Barkley. You know, this was going to be another year where they're going to have to face Barkley and Jaseki again. And I said, look, how do you do it? How do you defend those guys? And he looked me dead in the eye and said, you stop number nine first. And that's Trace McSorley. And this is an offense that had Saquon Barkley get drafted second overall, that had Jaseki get drafted. And he said, you've got to stop Trace McSorley first. And that always stuck with me. And so, yeah, people might bet against McSorley, but if you've got a pick in, say, round six, round seven, and you're looking, hey, you know, let's take a flyer on a QB, he might be the guy. Yeah, I, I hope it's not a case of uh, Eastern Stick, considering uh, Kyle Krabs during the senior, uh, not senior, but Shrine game, labeled him Eastern Stunken. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, you, you talk to those guys. I reached out to those guys. I'm like, guys, you know, seriously, should I keep watching Eastern Stick film? And they're like, no. Like it's, you don't need to, he had that kind of bad of a week and there are serious questions about his, you know, his velocity and he was missing receivers, you know, but you've still got the body of work he put together at North Dakota state. And so I think that, you know, when you look at these weeks, shrine games, senior bowl, you know, you can use it to, you know, iron out and fine tune some opinions, but don't use it as a, wow, man, this guy is going to rise. We've seen it happen before with a Tom Savage or a Nathan Peterman who, you know, the year Peterman was down on his senior bowl, he was the best quarterback there. Nathan Peterman was the best quarterback in the senior bowl and look where he is now. And so, you know, take all of what happens with a grain of salt. You're going to hear people, myself included, 
you know, with articles and columns and tweets saying, man, this guy's having a great week. It's one week during their entire life cycle as a college quarterback. The start of January last year, people were saying, will Baker Mayfield be a first round pick? That's how much the world changed. It does. I must admit, last year, I had a thing for Mike White. I don't know if you remember him. He came on. Uh, I think Mike Mayock uh, grilled him, and he had an awesome answer, and he did everything right in the senior bowl. And I think he's at the Cowboys now. Yeah, yeah he's their third-string quarterback. And, you know, Mike White was a guy that I liked, too, during this process because, you know, what I liked about Mike White was there was a game, one of his last games against Middle Tennessee State, where they ran this sort of 3-3-5 hybrid defense, showed him a bunch of different looks, a bunch of different blitzes and stunts and pressure packages and coverages, and he diagnosed it all and played incredibly well in that game. And I thought, look, if he can do something like that against a 3-3-5 look, which we're seeing more of in the NFL, he's going to find himself on an NFL roster. So he certainly helped himself near the end of his college career and during Senior Bowl week, but he's the third-string quarterback behind Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush. Um, what we've done with all our guests so far is we've asked them to give us that prediction, a mock draft sort of today, who the Browns are taking round one and round two. Yeah, you know, what, what's interesting is when you look at Cleveland and you look at some of what they might need, you know, you could say that they could go in a number of different directions. I know people have thought that, look, you know, you want to get that sort of guy for Baker Mayfield to throw to. And so you want to look at, you know, guys like Metcalf, guys like Neal, you know, sort of that downfield or boundary type receiver that when it's third and sixth, third and seven, you know, you could just say, you know, Baker, you've got, yeah, got one guy that you can trust. And so people probably want to do some work on the wide receivers. I go sort of in a different direction. You know, I, I think that first round wide receivers don't always pan out. And I think this is one of those years that, wide receiver depth is better than talent at the top and you probably could wait on a wide receiver and get somebody in round two you know one of those guys could fall you know if not you're looking at some other names sort of in the second round you know brown the kid from oklahoma he's catching maybe some first round buzz right now but he's somebody that could still see slot into the second round and so you could get a good wide receiver in the second and so i go to sort of that defensive tackle spot simmons the kid from mississippi state he's somebody that i like you know, you might see it's probably a stretch to imagine that a guy like Quentin Williams or an Ed Oliver could fall, but stranger things have happened. And if we see three, four quarterbacks come off the board, you know, there's a chance where one of those guys might fall. You know, you've got sort of some of the, the Clemson kids, you know, where you see, might see some of those guys fall, you know, whether it's Wilkins um, or Clennon, the other kid whose name's escaping me right now. But there are some names that – you know, in the interior defensive tackle spot, I think I really like Simmons. You know, he's somebody I would definitely keep an eye on. Or you could go a completely different direction. Um, you could address edge rusher, um, but I don't think you need to do that. Although I'm always a guy that thinks you can never have enough corners, you can never have edge rushers. And so, you know, maybe Allen, the kid from BC, you know, might want to keep an eye on him. Although he's probably more of a second-round guy, given some of the stiffness and athleticism concerns about him. I would keep an eye on interior defensive tackle, though, especially Simmons. Done. Huh? top stuff thank you so much for coming on have you got any other questions paul yeah of course mark when you're gonna come to london you've got a lovely portrait of london behind you i see you saw that yeah yeah i do it's been a while since i've been there um you know my wife and i we were there gosh 2008 2009 it was 2009 i believe but we're looking to get back there at some point and when i do gentlemen the pints are on me wow 
We don't get that often very much, do we, Jack? It's usually the other way. That's how we have to tempt no, people no, 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 no. to come over. We'll I, buy you beer. I, 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 am, I am a most generous man when it comes to bar taps. Believe me, that you will hear some stories coming out of Mobile from the upcoming week when it comes to my generosity in terms of the bar tab. I, it was, I think I drew, bought like one night last year north of 78 beers. I'd have to do the math on that. Most of which were not consumed by our good friend Bill Versetti, but I give him some stick for that all the time. There are some great photos of him head hunched over a table of nothing but some empty, beer, well, half full beer bottles in front of him. But gentlemen, I, it's always a blast to be with you. And like I said, the, the pints are on me. Uh, Mark, I, I've got one quick question. Sorry, Jack. And I'm going to keep it on piste. Next year, if me and Jack wanted to come out to the Senior Bowl, uh, we've been told it's a great networking event. Great to see it all, um, all live. Would you recommend it? Or would you think... I would. I would definitely recommend coming out to the senior bowl because, you know, it's, it, it's become such a great event for sort of the NFL football community. Um, so many people come, you know, first it was Phil Savage. Now Jim Nagy, sort of the new executive director of the senior bowl. He's very good with the credentials and letting people, you know, have access to these players, granted credentials, not just to big media, but smaller media outlets, one person media outlets. And it's a fantastic event that week, say, you know, Monday through Thursday, it's just so much fun to see so many people that you interact with on Twitter all the time. You get to do shows with them. You get to, you know, like I said, talk to the players. You get to then go out to eat with everybody. You have a great time down at Mobile. The seafood down there is great. You know, you get the film room, which is at the hotel where all this stuff is staged, where you get access to the all 22 angles of the practices. And so you can even do more work on these guys, which is a good time. And then, look, getting a chance to have a couple of drinks with people we've been talking to year-round about football and everything else, about the draft and stuff like that, you can't pass that up. And my favorite day is Thursday because most people, most teams, they're there Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, and they're out of town. So while Monday, you know, while Tuesday and Wednesday, those practices are packed, Thursday kind of clears out. And then you get sort of like the hardcore draft Knicks. You know, it's a much smaller group. But, again, you know, you get to see the growth in these players – from, you know, the first practices on Tuesday, your baseline day, into on Thursday and what they're doing. So this is my daughter, Simone. Simone, can you say hi? Hello. You know, so so it's, it's a great time. I highly recommend it. I know, for example, Matty Brown, who does some work from ITP, also field goals, you know, he's going to be out there. He makes a trip from across the pond. So it's a super fun time. I would highly recommend. No. Excellent. Fantastic stuff. Just a massive thank you for coming on. Plug your stuff. Um, obviously, it's 101 places, but try squeeze as many in as you can. I will, Jack. Paul, thanks, guys, so much for having me on. Always a blast to be with you. Best place you can find me is on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. You can check out the work at places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, The Score, Matt Waltman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, Big Blue View, part of the SB Nation family of websites, the Locked On Patriots podcast. And yes, as the guys can see here, my daughter, Simone, jumping up and down on the bed. Um, she's going to do a little <laughs> dance and laugh to uh, play us off there she goes no just awesome. good luck with senior bowl good luck with the super bowl the week after and uh exciting season ahead and uh we'll have to have you back next season to preview hey. the pats versus browns game i cannot wait i'm already excited for that guys i cannot wait to be back with you anytime you guys want to have me on happy to come on you guys do such great work you guys are crushing it both of you guys jack and paul and it's a pleasure to be on with you guys. thank you very much See you guys.